a lot of folks are willing to be more present when they can do it from the comfort of their own space. Um, I think one of the biggest things right now is really to just completely be open to trying something new. And just find someone to talk to. And if it's not a therapist, find that friend or that family member that you share with and just let it out and talk. Hi everyone, it's Veer Queer. We're still here. Woohoo! <laughs> um, whether if you're a new fan or you've been with us since day one, welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, so today's episode is going to be a little different. I'm sure that y'all understand with coronavirus, um, things are panning out to look a little different. So we don't have a guest this week. However, we thought this would be a good sort of like mental health check-in point with everybody and see how we're doing, because I know that um, everyone is sort of dealing with this pandemic in so many different ways. So without further ado, let's go ahead and take it into the interview. Welcome to Spectrum South Beer Queer. I am your host this evening, uh, DeAndre Moore, uh, and I'm joined by my co-host uh, and partner on Beer Queer, um, Kevin Anderson, who is the CEO and founder of the Truth Project, um, which is based here in Houston. But if anybody out there is listening knows anything about the Truth Project, you know that Kevin and his team travel all over. They have performed all over on many of stages and conferences, and I, I am appreciative of him to be on this call. Um, I don't couldn't think of another a better person to to share resources from and with um, other than Kevin. And so, uh, Kevin, if you have any a few words that you would like to share, yeah, man. I'm, first of all, thank you. I feel like you uh, <laughs> you just gassed me up, and I love oh, it. Oh man, <laughs> bravo, bravo. No, I'm um, I'm happy to be on the interview with you, man. I, um, you know, especially during this time, knowing what our topic is tonight, I'm just, I'm ready to jump in and and see where our conversation goes. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And I, I, I agree. I mean, speaking of just, just jumping in, I mean, that's tonight's conversation, you know, um, it's going to be specifically around mental health um, in, in a general sense, but also as it relates to how we're managing our mental health overall during this, the new normal. That's what I'm calling it. During COVID-19, during um, stay-at-home orders, essential work orders only, and just how folks across the country or whoever's listening anywhere in Houston, surrounding areas, um, how to best practice and how to navigate um, practicing safe and good mental health energy and self-care practices as well. Um, so my first question, Kevin, is, is from a personal standpoint, you know, what, what, what are some things that you and, and, and your husband are doing you know, at home to practice self-care and take care of your mental health overall? Yeah, I'm, um, that's, that's, of course, really a good start when you start thinking about home and, you know, this is really your, your place of refuge and where yeah. you decide to kind of let it go. I mean, but we, you know, we, um, 
it, it's been really interesting. I think for myself, so so my husband actually is a director at HEB. And so at one of the HEBs. And, oh, wow. Uh, and so initially, um, you know, I didn't realize how affected I was, but I became like super concerned about him, and especially yeah. as he's wow. coming home and sharing stories about some things, you know, that um, that he encounters every day and some of the systems that they put in place. And so, you know, knowing that that the grocery store is pretty much, is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the, the top three hot spots when it comes to congregating, um, you know, we had to actually implement some practices here. So when he comes home, he strips some clothes down. He goes ahead and put them in the in the um, in the laundry room. He comes upstairs, yeah. gets his shower, and I'm doing the same. But I'm working more remotely, so I can work from home or in the office. And when I'm in the office, there's you know there's made there's less than than ten people in the office. So yeah, I stay pretty much in my office at that time, my personal office. But yeah, man, we. We, you know, we're just trying to shift things a bit and um, just be as conscious as we can. That's good. That's good. For me, um, I was already, I try to be a homebody. For me, before all of this started, any chance that I got to be at home was a win for me. Yeah. Um, a lot of folks think that I'm really social. I am a people's person. I like talking to people. I like being around people. But the true me, the inside me, could be fine closing my door and being locked up in the room all day. That's just me. I, I love people, but I like being by myself. Um, but what this has shown me is that it's taught me to value and appreciate the times when I do get to be social with other folks a little bit more. Um, because it cut to a point to where I was looking to find a way to be out of the house. Uh, workouts for me was one thing. Um, but it still wasn't enough spending two hours at a park or, or, or just working out with my brother wasn't enough so it's a coincidence that to know that that your husband is also a, a director at HEB because that was one of the places that I found refuge and to be able to get out of the house it started off as me just going to the grocery store every day even though I probably had everything I needed I would literally look for something that I did not have to go buy at the grocery store just to get out of the house and HEB and Walmart were the only two places that we can go um, and then that wasn't enough and so I ended up finding out that HEB was hiring and, and picked up a job. And I love it. I go to work tonight. I mean, I, it's it's eight hours out of the house. It's eight hours to be social with my coworkers and just do something. Hey, you um, know, DeAndre, I've heard that uh, I've heard that same sharing multiple times, actually. The, the number of my friends that have told me, oh, man, I'm, you know, I don't have to go to the grocery store because I go every day. Like, there's nothing I yeah. need at this Look point, but I'm going because it is part of my, my outing is it's my way of of connecting you know yeah yeah living in so i'm also living i have a roommate here my best friend um and i don't know how he was able to do it or has been doing it um two weeks before this all started uh, before the the lockdown quote unquote the the stay-at-home order came in effect i took a trip to new orleans with a friend and while we were there that's when things got kind of out of hand in new orleans and the police and the city just kind of shut down everything we were on bourbon street police came everybody was just like we're shutting it down clear out go home go oh, inside and so it kind of scared me to the point to where i had to call the congresswoman's office to pull a few strings and say hey can i get a test because i'm kind of scared i just left louisiana cases right, are rising right. rapidly i don't know what can or cannot happen and I remember coming back to Houston from New Orleans, stopping, having to stop in Beaumont. My mom was, 
and going by the house and having to just wave at them because in my head I did I was afraid of putting her and my family at risk. Yeah, and there was like I wanted to cry because some I could not hug my mom. I'm a big baby, I'm a mama's boy. And so for anything to any for there to be a barrier to know that I can't touch her, oh it was heartbreaking. And so that was why it was important also for me to go get tested. I gotta go to my mama. I gotta touch her. And she said the same thing. Like she was very worried. And so I made my roommate go with me too because he lives here and my test came back negative. And he, all the full disclosures allowed me to share this. Um, his came back positive for COVID-19. And so we were surprised, um, but he's asymptomatic. They told him to quarantine himself to his room in his side of the house, which he's been doing. And he managed it. It's been over 21 days now, um, full recovery. Um, they said he can now, you know, go back out and go grocery shop or whatever. Um, but just seeing how a person has to stay in there kind of makes me think and feel for inmates and yeah. folks who are incarcerated who have made mistakes and there's no level of grace granted. No, not at all. Not at um, all. And so that kind of brings me to the point that I think that there is a cycle that happens when we, when we see folks go into isolation and mm -hmm. prison systems. Um, just thinking that if you were in federal prison, um, the feds actually put everyone there on lockdown to be inside of a cell 24 hours a day for 14 days straight as a part of their measures to protect and to protect the community, I can only imagine how unhealthy that is mentally for those persons that are in there and what that's going to do to them whenever they do get a chance to come out of there. And so. Oh yeah. And that, I mean, that space already is, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot when you think about mental health, but um, you know, the inmates do not like the lockdowns and then to know about 14 days, I, I, it's inhumane. I could not imagine. It's inhumane. I think it's extremely inhumane um, because at the end of the day, those guards, although they're there to protect and watch them, they still get to go home to a family. They yeah. get to at least go home and, and, and be a little cleaner and stuff. And so those are some things. But other than, than working and going to the grocery stores, my other place of refuge is being able to work out, whether it's going for a jog at the park, still practicing social distancing, um, which I'm very grateful that the parks here have been able to be open. Um, that's something that I, I, I've been able to do and, and that kind of has helped me as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that, <laughs> I, that's the area I've, I've been struggling. Like I actually, and I, and, and, you know, I know this is attached to, um, my mental capacity right now because I, I'm having a hard time, uh, like gearing, like putting the clothes on to even step out on my street. Wow. Uh, and I asked, you know, something really powerful happened yesterday. I've been hosting this uh, weekly mm -hmm. for the last three weeks, this uh, weekly uh, wellness Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And uh, yesterday I brought in two speakers. One is a um, she's a financial consultant um, and the other one is uh, uh, he owns a gym. And I wanted to bring them in because I in the first two weeks we focused on mental health. And I wanted to to flip it a little bit and start looking at whole health, you know. But I had asked him um, during a discussion, um, I shared the same thing with him that I just shared with you. And I said, you know, what's one thing that you could share with me right now as a piece of advice? And he said, you know, Kevin, he said, no one can make you do it. He said, but what I want you to do is start thinking about your loved ones like think about those mm. around you that are that if you weren't here and there was some loss because you had a heart attack or whatever the case may be 
how would they be, you know, how would they, how would they be affected, your friends? And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to get my behind on the street this 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 weekend. I'm going to go take me a walk. Because well, uh, yeah, he was right. And, he was right. And, 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 and then to this point, too, not even just those closest to you, the ones that there are people who you have touched from, from the True Project, Heart and Soul, who you probably have never even gotten a chance to speak to before. And I say that from the people that I brought with me to come and see the shows that you put on, who never got a chance to even actually shake your hand, yeah. who have been touched. Um, every time I get to go to an activation that the Truth Project does, I can never leave without being full. I can come in empty. I've, I've been, it was a World Age Day event you did maybe two or three years ago, and I came in there so empty and just down, and I left so full, so I was crying. I let out so many emotions, and so um, thank you for that, and thank you for your creativity. If nothing else, you are, are creative. How has that been? How has your mind been able to work your creativity while being inside the house? Have you been able to find that spark? Are you feel like you're losing it? Yeah, that's um, first of all, thank you for what you shared with me. I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I need it. It, it fuels um, my capacity and my soul. So thank you. Um, yeah. So, you know, I kind of really prepared myself for this um, from the standpoint of like really checking in with myself beforehand to see what were some things that I was going to need. Um, and I've really been good from the standpoint of being home. I, so I'm the opposite, you know, um, well, no, similar to what you were sharing, actually. I'm a people's person when I'm out and I need to be, but you know, overall, um, being home is like something I look forward to. As a matter of fact, this past Sunday and Monday, I booked myself about a month or two back. I booked myself a, uh, getaway trip to a cabin and I was just going to go and veg out for two days by myself and of course I didn't travel but you know I, I like being alone and so for yes. me a lot of my creativity um, comes in my in my quiet space or just my space I keep and as a matter of fact it's funny I'm about to show you okay. uh, the podcast right we can't okay. they can't see us but <laughs> yeah but I keep uh, post-its okay. on, like okay. in my pocket and everything else because um I always have ideas. So, and then that's the same thing that that's happened now. Like we, you mentioned heart and soul earlier. And so one thing that I, uh, the truth project has done since we, since COVID-19 has hit and we've had to switch everything viral and virtual, um, started a new open mic called yeah. uh, one mic, one voice. And so this is brand new under the truth project. We have our second volume tomorrow. It's called worthy. Um, and so those kind of, you know, having those kind of moments and, and creating spaces for artists to be able to express because they a lot of them can't get out right now and have audiences, you know, it's important, man. And so, you know, the artists are always my, my first concern. Um, and, you know, that's why one mic, one, 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 yeah, one mic, one voice has started. Bravo, bravo. What, um... <laughs> talking about the podcast and stuff when the, the truth project the the what do you call it wisdom what is it what's it's the activation you do on wednesdays what is it called again oh oh wellness wednesdays wellness wednesday so is this something that, that that you guys put on from your facebook page every wednesday no it's actually not uh so i have uh 
Um, I, I actually work for a nonprofit or another nonprofit organization, um, and I'm a director there. And it's something that I started with the staff. Okay. So it's something that I'm doing at my. I guess I'll just say my day job. <laughs> okay, know? cool. Okay, 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 yeah. okay, okay. So, so, so the the one mic, one voice is the activation that the Truth Project is doing Truth on Project Facebook. Doing. And yeah. so, how often is that occurring? And is it on the same days and times of each week, or? Yeah, so this tomorrow will be our second, and right now it looks like we're following like the fourth uh, Friday of the month. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna Good keep to that going. Good to know. And so, for those who are listening, again, that's uh, looks like the fourth Friday of the month for the Truth Project to do their activation of one voice, one one voice, one mic. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys, if you're not already liking the page, go find the Truth Project on, on Facebook, um, Instagram too, right? You guys on Instagram? Yeah, at uh, yeah. Truth Project HTX and Facebook is The Truth Project HTX. Cool, cool, cool. That way you guys can get those updates and, and then watch and tune in and, and support those artists as well. Um, I know what I've seen, I don't know if your artists have been or if they are, but something that I've noticed is that a lot of these artists, um, they relied heavily on their talents to provide for their families and for themselves. Yeah. So for those of you who might decide to tune in, think about that. Um, if you get a chance to reach out to those artists and you like what you see, by all means, tip them, figure out if there's a way you can tip them, send them a cash app or a love offering. Because for most of them, that's all that they have is their talents. And to not be able to use that um, can also be detrimental to them and their health, their mental health and emotional well-being as well. So I do want to keep that in mind also. And, you know, another piece there, DeAndre, is that um, it, so for many of them, yes, that's how they support themselves uh, financially. Um, but when we, as we think about mental health, them expressing and having that space is, is what keeps stability in their lives when it comes to their mental health, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's real big. It's, it's, it's important um, for a lot of these artists. So I know of, of quite a few that I've spoken to. Right now, they feel so deprived, and um, yeah. which is really why, you know, I, I was like, well, I don't know. Um, I've ne- I had never gone live on Facebook, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> and so last month was the first time, but, you know, It seems like you become stuck. an expert because the setup is always perfect. Like, the camera angles are always great. It looks like you have a whole production <laughs> going. So whoever well, it's not that, you by yourself, whoever is helping is doing a great job because it does look well, well thought up and well planned out. So Yeah, that's, that's the artist. Um, it's 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 um yeah man I'm excited about it now because we we have quite a bit going on and we've been able to um, switch all of our programming currently over to uh, using Zoom um, using Facebook Live and so because we also have two support uh, circles two support okay yeah and we moved those this month uh, to Zoom and I was overwhelmed by the folks that requested uh, to have the registration link over well. Like, wow. it shocked me. I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I, as, yeah, as a matter of fact, you may not go back to physical meetings. Like, so, so, so I think that's, that's what's going to happen with a lot of things is that after what we've realized is that a lot of folks are willing to be more present when they can do it from the comfort of their own spaces, as opposed to having to go out into that space. Sure, I'll join in on the Zoom call because I'm comfortable here. And if I don't want to be seen, I can still listen and provide my voice. I can turn off my camera. I don't have to say anything at all. That might be therapeutic. And so I think that that makes a lot of sense, even for my meetings that we've been having, whether it's with the Ryan White Planning Council and so forth, it seems like everybody's showing up now. Before, when we had absentees, now everybody's able to be there um, and get that information, which is really good. Um, 
so kudos for that. Uh, when I ask, is there, are there any tips or anything that you would want to share on behalf of the Truth Project first, um, or from yourself personally, any tips that you would give anybody out there who is struggling right now mentally or emotionally through all this, like the laws, they don't know what to do. How would you say that one should go about practicing some self-care or some tips that that's you would a, give? That's a good question, um, especially because this, this is such a different experience. Um, I think one of the biggest things right now is really to just completely be open to trying something new. So mm -hmm. if you've never, maybe you've tried meditation one time and it didn't go too well, right? Um, and so you were like, no, nah, I'm done with that. But to like yeah. find a phone app, um, there's one that I use called Simple Habit. Um, they have short meditations, three minutes, five minutes, two minutes. Um, they set those up. So, and it's really for beginners, you know? So yeah. trying something new, like meditating, um, being open to the idea of if, if you're, employed looking into your employee um, um, assistance program saying if you are offered three uh, three to five um, three to five uh, free sessions with a therapist you know right now using um, like zoom health and telehealth like is really it's so glad you said that exactly like I see my therapist next week he and I are meeting on a uh, Wednesday no, really? on Tuesday, and we're going to have our first uh, virtual telehealth. So that's something that I, I definitely have been looking into. Um, I've struggled, even before this, to bring myself to see a therapist. Um, over the last year or so, there have been a lot of changes in my life and a lot of things that have had me up and down here and there. Um, and I just, I come from a background, as most minorities do, where we just pray about the things and right, right. keep going. You don't have to go talk to someone. Um, but then there was a person over, um, who, one of your colleagues actually, Jeffrey Campbell, who sat me down one day and who was just like, what's going on? What's up? Like, what's what's wrong? And I was trying to give him this old uh, surface level, you know, I don't know, it's nothing, it's really just cool. And he, there was something about the way he looked at me in my eyes and he said, DeAndre, actually, like, what's wrong? And I just broke down. I just started, I just I could not contain myself and it felt good to give that release because there had not been anybody else to call and say or just ask me what is wrong and I couldn't say I didn't know what it was I wasn't a hundred percent sure it was a, a bunch of things and he referred me to a mental health therapist and I started seeing this lady who was absolutely amazing um, and I didn't realize how much just talking there were some therapy sessions where she wouldn't say anything she was just like, okay, what else? What are you feeling? And she would ask simple questions, but I would leave with a sigh of relief. And so there's this new wave of telehealth, telecommunications, teleconsultations that is going around now for therapists to still, to still see their patients via things such as Zoom and WebEx. And so if you're, if you're listening and you're out there and you've considered this or you think that you, or you know you need to see a therapist, um, find you one in your network you have the insurance if you don't look around um, you can reach out to myself or others in your community and find those who are willing to do um, who are doing therapy sessions even without the insurance if you can afford it um, and just find someone to talk to and if it's not a therapist find that friend or that family member that you can honestly and be open and honest with and share with and just let it out and talk I realized that that was one of my things too is being able to get on those stages and give speeches was a form of my healing Yes. My diagnosis from HIV, from family trauma, 
sharing my story on those stages was a part of that. And since this has started, I've had to cancel and miss about three bookings. Yeah. And so I'm like, that's like, like those artists, I, I don't get to do my talent, my craft, the thing that I love most. Um, so it becomes kind of hard trying to find out ways to navigate without being able to do that. And I've taken what would be speeches to be given verbally and just begin writing down the things that I would have said aloud and hopefully we'll, we'll send over to get published to one of the publications I, I write for. So That's good. That means you're I'm still getting out and you're still being able to exercise your voice and your healing. So that's good. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, th- I think that's really good. I think, I think in this moment, it's uh, imperative for folks who can do it to try to find ways to heal. Yeah, yeah. All you have right now is time. If you don't have anything else, you have time. And don't spend all your time. For me, I keep telling myself, don't spend all my time trying to allocate and help others. But yeah, I have these other jobs and stuff, and that's good to help them and their businesses in our community. But while I have this time, I'm being really intentional about being selfish with it as well. Yeah. Trying to yeah. figure out what's going to continue to help me heal. When this is over, I don't want to come out the same way that I was when I came into all this. I want to come out a completely different person, more financially stable. And so when you talked about having a person of finance on there, that's something that I've noticed is I haven't been spending money. I've canceled about two vacation trips that I had for this month. I'm supposed to be in Palm Springs next Thursday through Sunday. Had to cancel that. Yeah. But it felt good because I got like almost two grand back. So right. I, mean, I don't have to spend that money. <laughs> the airlines and the Airbnb, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm saving now. So this also feels good. And so, yeah, yeah, those are great. Well, I've definitely, um, along that, that note also about thinking about, um, you know, just thinking about resources in general right now, and this is for, for the listeners to really yes, keep in mind, you. there's a great resource through United Way, uh, which is the number, it's 211, uh, 211 is the, the easiest to remember, and you know, you can call 211 if you're looking for, say you don't have insurance, or you need free um, therapy. Um, or you need free yoga classes, you can call them, give them your zip code, and they will let you know what's located close to wh- where you're at. I mean, that it gets no better than that. So oh, I didn't know that. Look, I'm over here like, okay, let me make a mental note of that because yep. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And when you speak on yoga, I meant to go back to this earlier, when you were talking about the meditation app, um, something that I had done, I had tried yoga before, um, but since I've had more time in the house now, I've been looking up beginner YouTube videos on for yoga and have been able to do some of it inside the comfort of my own bedroom. And my bedroom is pretty big, so this is a lot. But just being able to, to do yoga for, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day, a good stretch, feels good, wake up in the morning or it's part of the day to start it off. And it kind of helps me get out of bed. And so that's always the first start in all this. Um, Danny mentioned earlier, um, just that that depression that's depression sleep where you you just want to sleep all day you just want to curl up under the covers and just don't move and sometimes that feels better but i think for anybody that's listening they should know that it starts with just getting out of the bed if you can get out of the bed whether it's just to go to the refrigerator get you a bottle of water whatever just start moving around and hopefully you can get in the habit of staying out of the bed um and 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 doing other things around the house yeah i mean it, it truly starts with a start um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, as my grandmother used to say, I'm preaching to the choir right now because yeah, me too, listen. like I just shared, you know, I haven't been doing what I need to do physically and I'm a big boy. So, um, <laughs> right now I know I've gained some weight, 
Um, you know, I've, I'm not, I have times I'm not resting the best. I was dealing with a little, um, what do you call it? Uh, where you wake up in the middle of the night, insomnia. Insomnia. And, and I had never dealt with insomnia. So Man. the crazy part, remember how I told you I, I prepared? Uh-huh. Like I was so prepared that I wasn't prepared for me to start waking up in the middle of the night. And, that, and then once you're up, because, yep. also because, if we're, like you said, you're working at home some days too, your body's in somewhat of a resting state, although you are still working because yeah. you're comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And so when that insomnia kicks in, that's why I'm glad I work overnight because I before was finding myself waking up at two, three in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep until the sun was coming up. Yeah. And so I feel like so many people's sleep patterns are just all off and all over the place. Yeah, definitely. I've I've experienced that, but you know, yeah. nothing. A little mel- melatonin didn't help out. <laughs> it didn't help. So I've never taken it. My best friend always advises me to take it to help me sleep. I've just never taken it because I'm one of those people where if it helps me sleep, I'm going to continue taking it. Yeah, and I don't want to become dependent upon things like that, but it might be something that I have to consider eventually because I like my sleep and I like to sleep good. Yeah, I mean, it just helps ease me, and and you know, it keeps it keeps me. Yeah, it keeps me rested, um, okay. but at the same time, insomnia is insomnia. So, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, from my perspective, to anybody as well, some some things that um, I would point out to to do if you're struggling mentally or emotionally to to allow yourself to process and to feel whatever it is that you're going through. So, if you have to cry, I mean, by all means, cry, let it out. Um, if there's something that has been bothering you or something that may have happened, a relationship ended that you couldn't mend before, um, now I'm preaching to the choir. Um, take a moment to possibly reach out to those folks who once really meant something to you um, and see if there's a possibility of mending those connections. One thing that I've noticed is that life, again, is really short. Um, well, looking at the folks who are being taken away here now, um, it's a bittersweet experience for me to see, to be able to live and acknowledge living through an, a pandemic um, because I wasn't, I wasn't around when the HIV AIDS epidemic first started. So I didn't know what that was like. I didn't know, I, all I know is a world with HIV. That's all I've ever known. Ever right, since I've been right. born, there's always been HIV. And so to see something that wasn't here before suddenly come and make the world come to a pause almost, um, it's made me kind of appreciate those who came before me who worked in the field of HIV, who put their lives on the lines, lost their lives, um, and fought so that I can do the things that I can do. So, and I say this with privilege easily, um, to be able to help my community, to have folks who will listen to me in the rooms and stuff like that. And so there's been a lot of learning experiences through this. And so I try to find all the positives in some way. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. I, um, I, while you were just talking, I was thinking about, um, you know, just just that whole trying something new piece. And I'm, I'm hoping that people really get that and, yeah. and realize that, um, you know, whatever it is, whatever you connect with that, you know, you haven't done or you, you kind of in your mind feel like it could be helpful. Like just just stepping into it. We have um, I was talking about the support circles earlier. Mm-hmm. And we have um, two support circles. One is um, for LGBT communities of color, and the other is for um, uh, people of color that are living with HIV. Mm-hmm. And so that's Rise and Plus. So we meet the um, the first and third th- 
Thursday of the month. And I was reminded during both support circles uh, this month how necessary we all are, like just to be able to uh, be able to speak for the first time about um, diagnosis or to be able to speak for the first time in a space that is of support and that just simply want to hear what you have to say and offer a suggestion. Like that's a first time experience for a lot of people. And yeah. so there were a couple of folks on both uh, in both support circles this month that tried something new. They had never done it before, you know? Wow. Yeah. So that's, it's important. It's important that's right good. now because this is all brand new. Like we, like, you know, you just really brought that to truth. Yeah. We, we have now all experienced the birth of a, of a virus. Yeah. Literally. Like the birth of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, there is going to be a generation, just like my generation, exactly. that will not know a world except Without a world that was experienced, that had to experience what COVID-19 was yep. and what it did. Um, I think that, that raises a lot of, uh, uh, it's a, a lot of key points that are to be made. In that. And something that you mentioned just now that I have to, I have to go back to is, is disclosure. And so disclosure is big when we talked about a lot inside of the HIV and AIDS community because of the stigma and so much around that, what I'm seeing now is people aren't as afraid to disclose that they've been diagnosed with COVID-19. And so it, for me, I've, I've, I've seen two sides of that. I've seen folks um, come out and say they, they, you know, share with the world that this is what they're experiencing. They have tested positive for COVID-19, especially a lot of celebrities. Um, and they get all these well wishes, the love and support, and, and the community, you know, they want to be there for them and, and wishing them all well. I just wonder what life would have been like if the same thing had happened in the 80s and 90s oh, when man. folks were getting those diagnoses. How many people, oh, how yeah, many people would still be alive yeah, if they had gotten... That's, the, that's, that's a mouthful right there. That's oh, how many people could still be alive if they went home and said, mom or dad, brother, family, I got an HIV diagnosis. And they said, well, we're going to be here for you. We'll be there. You know, we're going to help you every step of the way. We'll do what we can for you. Um, just the thought of, like, how many folks would still be okay? How, yeah. how, how, how much of less stigma would we see? That's exactly what I was just thinking. Just that How much less stigma there would be and how further advanced we would be to either finding a cure, a vaccine. I mean, it seems right. as though we're on the verge of a vaccine right now for COVID, and it's only been a couple of months. But... Here we are, three decades going on four later, and yeah. because of the lack of startup there was when the epidemic around HIV and AIDS started, um, there has been a dramatic delay. Um, and so that just, yeah, mentally, that kind of, it bothers me. It, it does something to me. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I've had some similar thoughts just around what, what life would have looked like now I've, I've i'm like you i've experienced both sides i've seen some that have been very vocal some that yeah. that actually are affected by stigma with COVID 19 you know yes yes I, I, I have yeah i have another friend who they told me and they were like but i don't want to tell anybody because yeah. nobody's going to want to be around me at all even though they're like i'm asymptomatic but and although i might come out of this you know in 14 days and then i can the the doctor said i can go back out but once i say that there's still be people who are going to be iffy around me. They aren't going to want to touch me and so forth. And that's a sad truth. It just, you um, know, that, 
I do so much work around uh, really getting, uh, hoping that through the experience, people will uh, shed some of those layers of fear, stigma, yeah. uh, worry, all of those things. And um, yes, COVID-19, although I haven't been comparing it to HIV, it right. in my mind, because I, although I was alive, uh, <laughs> DeAndre, I wasn't, I didn't know, I didn't know that world at all. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was young. So um, it, I'm reminded, though, as I hear and see the stigma still with COVID, just how different things could have been. So I agree with you, and and yeah. it, and it scares it. It, it, it like it does something. It does something. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I get emotional just thinking like, dang, like that was there were many a march that were missed then that I wish had been there that are in place right now. Um, we lost so many, so many amazing, amazing individuals. Not even to the virus, just to stigma. To stigma, yeah. Not the virus. The virus wasn't even going to be the fact. It was just to stigma. Folks felt that they were alone. They could not handle it. Um, and they resorted to other, 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 you know, scenarios to, to just make it all go away. Yeah. That's what I, that, that's, that's what, that's what hurts the most. Um, but yeah, so when talking about disclosure, guys, for those who are listening, again, if, if you get a positive diagnosis, no matter what it is, disclose at your own discretion. Don't ever feel that you owe the world anything. Um, of course, follow the guidelines that, that the health departments or the CDC and folks put in place to protect yourself and others around you. But as far as disclosure goes, remember, you have to protect yourself, your own mental health and well-being, and your emotional health. Because um, we live in a world that we don't know what or how folks will react ever. Not everybody's going to react the same. And so once it's out there, it's out there. Um, and that goes for any type of disclosure, for any type of diagnosis or anything that you might get. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, once once this lifts, um, and whatever that means, because I just feel like our world is now forever changed. It's going to, yeah. Once we get some norms and um, are able to hug again, because, damn it, I, I, I can't. I was around one friend like two weeks oh. ago, and when I tell you it was killing me that I couldn't hug her, because I didn't realize how long I hugged her and how much I put uh, the big bear hug on her, you know? I don't so, know if the last time I've been able to hug somebody. Yeah. It was it's, so bad. It's, so it's, I have to say this. It was, we're talking about social distancing, and this, no, this is the South. We hug everybody. We have, we have to touch people and all of that. Um, I went into the to the HEB that I'm working at now to go fill out some paperwork with the manager. And I went, I walked over to shake the manager's hand and he pulled it away from me. Yeah, yeah. The elbow and he was like, oh, no, no. He was so scared. It wasn't that it was just me or that I'm this person, but I took offense to it because the old me, there was a part of me that channeled my dad in a sense. And He's always taught me that the first thing you do whenever you walk into a room, you shake everybody's hand, you respect everybody, you give them that respect. And so here I was trying to extend grace and respect, and I wasn't getting it back. And I had to remember that we're in a crisis right now. He's trying to protect himself and possibly me too. So it wasn't meant to be shady or disrespectful. He was actually practicing social distancing as he should have been. But I was so used to to that 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 touch, that the thing that we've all been taught all this time. And so. I long for the day where I can touch and, and hug all my loved ones again. So, Yeah, definitely. Me too, man. Yeah, yeah. So just to recap, um, everybody who's listening, as we get ready to wrap up here, um, practice the best things that you can to take care of your mental health. As Kevin mentioned, um, 
do something new, do something different that you have not yet been able to do or something that you tried once before. And maybe you said, I don't have the time for it. Uh, for most folks, you have the time now. So if there's even 20 minutes in your day where you can get up out of the bed or just go get from out of the kitchen, whatever it is, to practice something different, try it out. Try yoga. You can look up free things, free, free videos on YouTube. Try the meditation that Kevin talked about. Um, and ultimately, if you feel that you need to see therapy or help in some way, almost every therapist and mental health expert that I know is doing telehealth consultations, yes. telemedicine. They're practicing it, and it works. It's just like getting on a Zoom call. You can see each other. You can talk about everything. The only difference is you didn't shake their hand. Yep. That's it. Um and, it's, and, and, and check out those resources. Kevin just gave me a, a tip that I didn't even know. I'm one that always thinks that I know everything. I did not know. I didn't know that you could dial 211 and get all this information. And so yeah. I'll probably be dialing 211. <laughs> and that's literally what they do. I mean, they don't provide the, uh, the services. They, they yeah. provide the, the guidance to get there. Yeah. Wow. That's, what so I that's love. easy. Like, I was, I was thinking there was going to be like this long list of resource guides or something that you had, but it's just simple as dialing 211. That's it. That is the guide. That dial is the 211. Guide. That's what they do. And also, just keep in mind, um, you know, the Truth Project is here for you if you're listening. If yes. you are a person living with HIV, we have support for you on the third Thursday. Um, and then also, uh, if you are uh, a member of the community and just simply want to be in a space where you can talk and breathe and release, um, we meet the first Thursday. Um, and then also, just a recap. Uh, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. Then visit the website, uh, www.truthprojecthtx.org. Yeah, so like Kevin said, follow, look them up. If you have, you're looking for a group or you just want to experience that, I vouch fully um, for you guys to attend and check them out. Um, Kevin is really intentional about having some good leaders who lead those groups um, that are really care about the community. So be sure to check it out if you get a chance. Um, Continue to follow Spectrum South on social media where we'll list resources for you guys as well to kind of check in. And, and, and if you need help to find those links again, by all means, feel free to reach out to me personally or Kevin Anderson personally. Right. And we'll be more than glad to connect you guys in any way. Truly. Truly. All righty, Kevin. I appreciate you so much. I think that is going to be the end of our show today. So thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you. and. I appreciate you. This is a good, good, quick hour. It went really fast. It went really, it went really fast. I never know how much an hour is uh, when I'm when I'm working or doing something. I really don't want to be doing an hour slow, but this one went by really fast. So I guess it was a good conversation. Anytime when it's good, it goes by fast. So, well, yeah. stay focused, DeAndre, and, and and do good work. Okay. Thank you so much. You too. You too. You too. Okay, so that was a really good, refreshing episode, I think. Um, we haven't had an episode in a really long time where it was just kind of all of us kicking it. I mean, we can't really kick it with, like, you know, Kevin and DeAndre. But that leads to a really important question of how are we all doing? I know that us three live in different parts of the country, but we're all sort of dealing with this pandemic together in different uh -huh. ways. 
So I'm just wondering how how are y'all doing? Let's let's check in with each other. I'm doing good. I mean, I definitely could be better. I mean, honestly, I feel like just because of my personality and who I am as a person, every yeah. day is different. Some days I wake mm-hmm. up and I'm fine. Other days I wake up and I am not okay. And it's yeah. kind of a toss up and I really never know how I'm going to be feeling next. But I've mostly been trying to be patient with myself because mm-hmm. I realize I'm going through several different types of like, I don't want to be dramatic and say trauma, but it is trauma, honestly. Um, yeah, when it comes it to like financial stress and then just being anxious about my future and then just realizing that things are going to be different from now on and trying to figure out how and trying to figure out how to pay rent and, you know, all those other things, trying to figure out exactly how much I want to be in debt after this, like all of it kind of piles up. Um, and some days are really, really, really hard. Um, other days I just kind of feel a little bit numb to the whole thing. So mm-hmm. that's I've been dealing with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, Sorry. Sorry, Andy. Hope, hopefully you can hang in there as long as, I don't know, whenever this ends. Yeah, right. Yeah. What about you, Mai? How are you, how are you holding up? Um, I'm, I guess things have been a little better for me just because, um, well, I mean, I'm in New York, which is like the epicenter of the virus that's happening within the, uh, this uh, country yeah. in North that. America, um, in general. So it's kind of tough out here, but also like my mental state has been okay just because like a lot of the things that I do worry about and have been worrying about within my life is like okay now just because this is terrible but like mm-hmm. I've come to the point to where I'm like oh everyone is doomed so I'm not the only one that's doomed so. <laughs> if I'm going down you're all coming down with yeah, me exactly. <laughs> so it's like you know I don't have all this stuff to worry about but yeah. I mean, outside of that I did have like I was sleeping a lot and in bed and the stuff that they were talking about DeAndre and Kevin like I was in bed all the time like I was in bed for at least like three weeks not doing anything or at least like two and I've gradually gotten better um I do go to therapy and I have like televisits so those are nice um but like keeping a routine and like doing things um has been really tough. Um, I'm not really working at all. So that's also hard to like trying to figure out where, where's the next paycheck going to come from? How am I going to pay rent? Um, like how am I going to pay my bills? Like shit's shit is definitely wrecking havoc, but honestly I'm hanging in. I'm lucky enough to be, to have therapy right now. I'm not sure where it's going to go. Cause our governor cut Medicaid and that's what I have. So shit's, shit's tough, but like getting a routine is good to have to combat. Like if other people are dealing with, you know, very intense depression, like yeah, being on fucking pants, making your bed, like little mundane things can come a long way. Like go brush your teeth in the morning or take a shower. Try to take a shower if you can, if you have access to water. I mean, yeah, you know, like. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. I, I'm always like, um, the governor here today had a press conference talking about reopening the state. 
And even though he's talking about reopening the state for some places in limited capacity, I can't help but worry about people like my partner who are immunocompromised and are essential workers or considered essential workers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really scary because, like, there's still so many people out there who are, you know, dying and getting um getting infected and there's no like real cure for it quite yet other than just like kind of getting over it and so um your ass has I, too. yeah exactly like i'm very fortunate and, and grateful and privileged to have a job that allows me to work from home but like i said i do worry about you know workers who are out there doing the thing and then our governor is like well you know what would be super chill is we just open the state and it's like mm, i don't know about that sweaty <laughs> like yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um i my heart really hurts for both of y'all and i'm really glad that y'all are still here and i really hope that y'all can get some kind of relief and answers really soon yeah thanks thank oh, you um yeah. yeah i mean like people should i don't know like and talking the aspect of like mental health um yeah it's hard um i i'm in lost of words to like to where to even find that if you don't have a therapist or like yeah. support system or like something mm-hmm. you can anchor to because like i couldn't even imagine if i didn't even have my partner or you know my family which i'm not really close with but that shit's yeah. hard. Um, yeah. And people need to stay the fuck home. Even if you're not bored. Like, stay home. Stay home. This is, this is a PSA from Veerqueer. Stay the fuck home. Yeah, like, no one cares if you're bored or if you, you know, like, you're an extrovert and you need to be out and about. Like, this is flattening the curve and, you know, you don't want to put other people at risk. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm re- trying really hard to make sure I limit my shopping trips and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. But on that note, like, you know, not to end this episode on, like, a really sad, somber note, but I think that, if anything, it's made me realize, like, this pandemic has made me realize some of the things I did take for granted and also how much I really, really need my support system. Like, that's definitely the one thing I took for granted is that, I didn't realize how much my friends meant to me until this all whole thing happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really how we're going to get through this together is if we, you know, kind of lean on each other and care for each other and check in with each other, like what we're doing right now, you know, having the space to voice our, our concerns and our worries and our fears, but also like to talk about like, Hey, like I appreciate you and you know, for X, Y, Z reason or just whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but do y'all have any tips for anyone who might be struggling in some way with the pandemic, whether if it's mentally or financially or socially or what, like how to stay grounded? Um, my tip is to not be afraid to seek help. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, some sort of advice that I think I should probably take for myself as well. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with asking for help, especially right now, even if you're just asking someone to hold space for you so you can vent for a little bit. I mean, definitely ask first because I think like everyone else said, everyone is going through different things right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, asking for help, whether it's mental help or emotional help or financial support. Um, and then also fucking get that government money. Straight Fuck them. Up. Honestly, <laughs> apply for all the benefits. Honestly, like do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, don't be ashamed of it because right now we're all going through the same thing. And I know there's a lot of stigma bet- uh, um, behind having or using um, government assistance. But right now I feel like it's a little bit of a necessity because of the situation we're in. So don't be afraid to make those calls and fill up those forms and um, just know that hopefully it is temporary. And if it, even if it isn't, you're not the only one doing it. So yeah. I, I yeah. use food stamps and I like grew up with like the stigma behind, you know, black people and black women specifically using food stamps. So even sometimes when I'm in a store, I get a little bit embarrassed to like pull out my card and like, get free food but then I'm thinking in the back of my mind I'm like bitch it's free food shut the fuck up and swipe it like, <laughs> you can't afford this right now yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> so yeah I say um, bleed the government dry and take all their money <laughs> yeah. yeah like shit's hard right now and like we don't know what the next you know step is gonna be um, I know people are trying to implement like opening up the cities like and stuff but there's definitely going to be an uptick of things after like, I don't know if any of y'all like did research on previous like pandemics or, you know, like pandemics that has happened, like Mm -hmm. SARS and stuff. Like they tried to reopen the, the cities, like different cities again. And like cases started happening and we don't really have the infrastructure to, to help sustain people that are sick. Obviously like we are a free country, but, our healthcare isn't like <laughs> yeah America where our country is free but our healthcare isn't yeah like people are bagging on us cause we like can't you know go to the hospital without being terrified with an ambulance fee or you know like small shit like it's it's definitely tough and like if you have access to internet or whatever and find resources in your community, like in your state. I know people are offering aid specifically for, you know, COVID um, things that are happening. Like yeah, colleges are offering things. There's like small organizations that are offering um, financial funding. Churches and schools are offering free foods all over different cities. Um, I know people are stepping up and doing things. You just have to kind of find find it and do the work which is kind of tough um especially now but like i said that that's how we're gonna get through it is community care but on that note um this has been a very chill and cool though also sad episode um but like i said like we're going through it together and we got this um but thank y'all for listening and thank y'all for hanging on and thank you for hanging on too. You know what I mean? Like thank you, listener, for sticking it out. Yeah. And we're glad you're here. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't forget to um, visit the truthproject.org for any also other resources here in Houston. Um, I know that they're doing a lot of work, so go over to them. Yeah, and uh, and if you haven't yet, please find us on Facebook, which is at Veer Queer Podcast, and our Twitter, which is Veer underscore Queer HCX. And don't forget to check out some of the other awesome content on the Spectrum South w- website. And with that, I'm Julian. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. Bye, Bye. y'all. Veer Queer is a Spectrum South podcast hosted by Julian Gomez, Mai Ha, and Andesia Haynes with interviews by Kevin Anderson, Vernice McFarlane, DeAndre Moore, and Melanie Termina Payne. Series produced and edited by Danny Benoit. Episodes are released bi-weekly. Be sure to subscribe to Veer Queer on iTunes and Spotify. Episodes are also available at SpectrumSouth.com. Visit SpectrumSouth.com to learn more.